0: walk into a stadium 8,000 people they all want you to lose but as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass or kick butt you're gonna be all right sorry I swear good day everyone welcome to yet another episode of the shock factor podcast where I Steven shock am joined by my friends Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman fellas how are we doing starting with Jake ending with Jordan All right. Well, that's how every alphabet is structured. I'm doing good, Steve.
1: But to be honest with you, I'm feeling a little bit bad and sad about how we have decided to structure the podcast. Because today we are going to talk about all the mid-majors. And that is a disservice to the mid-majors of Division I college baseball. In a perfect world, we would preview every conference with its own 90-minute podcast But we all have personal lives and other jobs and important pursuits, and the season starts later this week, and that was just logistically impossible. So instead, we've decided, much like the suitcase I have packed to take to spring training, we are cramming way too much stuff into a small amount of space. Jordan, how are you today? I'm great. We are sitting on the proverbial
2: uh, podcast suitcase and just trying to... Like, oh, can we fit in, you know, one more conversation about VCU and this? Like, we're going to find out. We're going to do our best. We know that it is not fair to cram the 25 other Division I conferences into one, unlike giving each of the Power Five conferences their own preview. But we are going to, I have been looking forward to this one in particular because there's so many fun stories, fun programs, fun players that we're going to talk about. Um, But Jake, yeah, I think that is a fair thing to start with.
1: And if you want specific previews for every single mid-major conference, that is something that is available to you on d1baseball.com with a subscription. They have season previews for like a full article for every conference in the country, which is honestly to me like one of the insane, to be real here, like things about d1baseball.com is that if you want like a full, you know, a sun preview, like. 8,000 words like that's available on the internet because of the psychos who do those.
2: Yes. And we love it and we appreciate it. And Steve, that's why we are doing podcasts for video on baseball.com because it is the best college baseball coverage in general. So what we're going to do on this is going to be a little bit different than our previews that we've done in the past. We're going to splice it down a little bit, but it's also as a, as a vehicle to get to the best stuff. So Steve, we're going to start with a, a big picture conversation about just the state of mid-major baseball and and where where we're at who are the teams that are at the top and who are the teams we're going to be talking about the most we're not going to go comments by comments we're just going to be talking about the teams we're thinking about the most and as we said previously like these are teams that are winning recently and so there's the ones we're thinking about but Stephen when you think mid-major baseball what what comes to mind to you you played at multiple mid-majors before ending up at you know fancy Virginia so you
0: know you know this life you know this world so tell us what this means Mid-major baseball, it's a lot like Power 5 baseball with way more bus rides. Um, Which, if you don't understand what that means, it it just means that the airfare fees, it's not there. It's not in the budget. So we're taking the bus. You know, some schools might go to their conference games that are logistically only 300 miles away, but they might go, hey, let's break out the plane. We're going to go there. Everybody's going to be comfortable. We aren't going to be cramped. No one's no one's going to be having a bad weekend from holding in a poop for 14 hours on the team bus, um, which, you know, that was a non-factor for me because just poo. Um, but anyway, mid-major baseball is the grittiest, one of the grittier levels of baseball. It's the guys who, they aren't playing the game for the big lights or the huge Friday night crowds. They're playing it for themselves, their teammates, their families, whoever they're playing it for, they're playing it for them. And they are just giving it everything they got. And that might mean waking up at 5 a.m. to go sweep water off of a dirt infield because you, (laughs) as a team, did not tarp the field the night before. Or in the converse end of that, going to the field at midnight to tarp the field on a Friday night when you want to be, you know, out with your friends drinking, that's mid-major baseball. There aren't grounds crews. You are the grounds crew. When you become a mid-major baseball player, it's about more than baseball at that point. You have you're the bookkeeper, you're the stat guy, you're everything. And that's been major baseball.
2: Yeah, I'd say it, it does appear to be a little bit less glamorous. Of course, there's always another level below that and all points of college baseball. and is this still division one? And also when we'll talk about, you know, you mentioned oh, we don't play for the, the bright lights, whatever. Sure, maybe you're not on TV as much but as we'll talk about some of the best mid-major programs i mean these are some of the some of the best environments in college baseball and and they are still able to create that in some of these places which is really cool um, but jake for you uh, as someone as as a fan of of, of a, lot, a lot of these programs and when you watch it what what is different like what what stands out
1: i think there's a physicality gap i think that there's less depth you could take the you know, 10th pitcher on LSU and chances are the kids throw a 93, 94. That doesn't exist at a lot of the mid-majors. The to succeed as a mid-major program, you can't fuck up, right? You need to play consistent, clean baseball and you need to hit on recruits. Now, the thing that has happened recently with the transfer portal is an issue for mid-major schools where if I show up, Let's say like a, a, I'm a late blooming kid and I end up going to an in-state sco- in school. Let's say I end up at like, you know, uh, Ball State. Pick a random mm-hmm. school. I end up at Ball State in Indiana. I show up on campus and I'm 5'10". Okay, by the middle of my freshman year, I'm 6'3". Wow, that's a dangerous growth spurt. My velo has jumped <laughs> about nine miles an hour and now I'm throwing 96. First year at Ball State, I dominate. Under the old situation, Ball State would, would, would win that situation, right? Because they did the work in recruiting and identifying me and helping develop me into a frontline guy who maybe is a first-round draft pick. But now, if I want to, if I get a phone call from Jay Johnson, he's like, yo, come to LSU, I can do that. As I should be able to, right? That's my right. I improved and I put the work in and I should be able to chase those brighter lights and those bigger stages. But for these mid-major programs, they get nothing out of that work. Right. And that's what's tough. Yeah. You can make the argument that on the back end, right, if I turn, you know, Jake uh, Schmagegi from a schlub to an LSU Friday night guy, I can then use that on the recruiting trail to try and get other kids to come to my campus. But at least, like, in the, you know, I think about like European soccer as a model. If I develop a kid and then like I sell them to a bigger club, I'm getting some sort of financial something in return Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist in college baseball. And so as much as I like the transfer portal and the autonomy it gives players, I think a lot of these big, big, mid, mid, big, mid major schools losing their best players as transfers does open up a can of worms in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of torn on it because I'm totally with you. And then at the same time, I mean, Steve, you don't have to think back very hard to think about the opportunities that it gives the Sunny D's of the world to be Sunny D on TV every weekend instead of at Sanford, right? And that was awesome. Like, I'm, I'm glad that he was able to do both, right? But that's that's the cool part of it is that you are able to have that opportunity and, and take that opportunity. And we just get to learn more about now, But at the same time, I want to be able to know about these guys anyway. You know, I shouldn't need them to go to these power five schools to know how awesome they are. And we're going to highlight some of some of our favorite uh, main characters there. But, yeah, Steve, is that is that a fair assessment of kind of where I know as, as a two time transfer yourself, you obviously know this world. Um, but but yeah, you're, you're honestly a great example of it, too. I, mean, if I forget Sonny D. Like <laughs> <laughs> literally Steve and Chuck, yeah. we'll just talk about you while you're on the Zoom. Like. Before he transferred to to Virginia, no one was going to ever find out how goofy and hilarious Steve was. And then fortunately we got him on the ACC network and the stars align. And now here we are hosting this podcast. And so there are obviously opportunities that open up because of it, um, but there are some downsides to it too. So is that is that a fair assessment or am I, am I judging uh, that uh, incorrectly, Steve?
0: No, that's a very fair assessment. I think the – there used to be no transfer rules for any sports. Like it used to be the wild west back in the day in the NCAA. And I know I've mentioned this before, but I want to reiterate it because not everyone listens to every episode, you know, and it might be new ears here, but back in the day, college coaches would go to summer leagues and they would just poach players. Like it was just something they would do. And that became an issue. So they were like, okay, well now there's going to be drawbacks to, if you transfer because they they decided, oh, that's all the players' fault. Definitely nothing to do with with the coaches or anything like that. So with the coaches, they they don't get really any drawback for poaching these kids. But now the kids ha- have to sit out a year. So that existed. Now it doesn't exist again. So we're kind of going back to that to that side of things where I do agree where it does hurt mid major baseball, but also thinking about it from a player's perspective it helps the players out so much you know like it's life changing stuff for those kids like sure it might hurt UMBC if i don't don't grad transfer or if i do grad transfer yes that that's true it might but also in life a degree from the university of virginia with my name on it is something that i value and something that i would like to attain so Obviously, any decision in life, there's an the opportunity cost. There's winners and losers. But personally, when the players are winning, that's something I'm always going to be on the side of.
2: Totally fair. I think we've, we've talked about the transfer stuff a lot already on this pod, so I kind of want to move that aside and think about why. What, what do we still love about mid-major baseball, even if maybe a lot of the best players have moved on to the Power Five? And to me, it creates a dynamic where now the programs that are succeeding at the highest levels – I'm only more impressed, right, that I are able to still out-recruit these other programs and still able to keep guys from transferring, that are able to have guys that have grad transfers. Oh, no, I am going to stay at Wofford and just play another year here instead of transferring somewhere else. Like, I love that. Like, that, that makes me appreciate all these programs all the more, not to mention, like, actually watching them compete on the biggest stage. Now, all that said, Jake, when you look at the history or the recent history of mid-majors at the highest level in the postseason, we quite simply have not seen them. We have not seen mid-majors at the highest level. So let's do a little bit of brief history here on which mid-major programs we have actually seen win at all, okay? At least in the last—we won't go back all the way to the beginning of college baseball, but recently. So these are the teams we've seen in Omaha over the last 10 years as a mid-major. Most recently was Fullerton in 2017. Fullerton, obviously a program— Still decent, but certainly nowhere close to what it used to be. So Fullerton 2017. Coastal Carolina, who won it all, and then Santa Barbara were in in 2016. Fullerton 2015. Louisville, before they were in the ACC, and UC Irvine in 2014. Louisville in the Big East in 2013. And then the famous Stony Brook team. And a Kent State team, which certainly gets overlooked because that was the same season. Kent State, a team out of the MAC, also making it in 2012. But of those teams... Only Coastal Carolina actually won it all in 2016. Steve, you have a great story about that that we'll get to in a second. Um, But beyond them, Fresno State 2008, Fullerton 2004, Rice 2003, and you have to go back to 1995 for another one, uh, Fullerton. Weirdly, the last mid-major team to finish as a runner-up, you have to go back to 1993, uh, Wichita State. Um, So... All that said, like that is also part of why we have to end up grouping them is just, we know that these teams historically recently have had a really tough time beating out these other programs. And that is unfortunate, but it also makes me look at the ones that are getting that, that much closer. And we'll talk about the ECUs and Southern Miss here in a second, but Steve, you Coastal Carolina is one of the iconic college baseball teams in the last 10 years, that 2016 team. Was so fun, and for them to to make it all the way and and be that that last team that we've seen win it all, and you just informed us about ten minutes ago that you personally played a huge role in that season. So can you explain to the audience?
0: <clears throat> the date was February nineteenth, two thousand sixteen. There is a young, and spry, and notably supple Stephen Shaw, <laughs> who. He's probably 18, maybe 19. I don't really remember. I didn't do the math on it. But very first ever game in Coastal Carolina's brand new fancy stadium. App State taking on the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. And absolute thriller, heartbreaker. We lost it at the end, 17-2. to two. Um, But but I pitched in the game. Made my coll- collegiate debut against the team that would go on to win the national championship. Um and then fast forward just a quick and literally blink of an eye seven years later, I think, and I ended my college career with an outing against the eventual national champion. So that's a fun fact, but that Coastal Carolina team was really good. I struck out the side, fortunately, only uh, walked one guy, hit one guy, and gave up a double in between <laughs> striking out the side in my collegiate debut But I'm a big believer everything's mental and it's all about perspective. And my perspective was I struck out the side against the 2016 national champions in my collegiate debut. Was it the ninth inning and we were already, or the eighth <laughs> inning and we were already losing by 12? Maybe, maybe that was the case. Um, And were they just throwing in freshmen to get a B's? Yeah, sure. But did I get my strikeouts? Yes.
2: Yes, you did. I And Steve, I think when we look back at this, after they kicked your ass in your first game, it was their first game of the season as well, you guys got on the bus and you're like, damn, like that team, were you like, damn, that team's pretty good. They look like, that's an Omaha team over there. Did you guys say that? Do you remember?
0: Uh, No, I remember sitting on the bus next to my roommate um, and friend, Will Herman, and just looking at him, we weren't allowed to talk on the bus, which I found out after I said this sentence. And I said, God, fuck this. <laughs> and, and our strength coach turned around and slapped me on the back of the head and was like, don't, we don't talk after losses. I was like, we, 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 we
1: keep... don't talk
0: after losses.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you didn't stick around there. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, that is a great story. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And also, again, like, like you mentioned, to,
0: to start and finish your career, against national champions is pretty freaking sweet. I'm a fire starter. I I charge 50 grand for BP for any college listening who wants to win a championship. Uh,
2: You are the, you are the secret sauce. Um, Jake, as I just rattled off kind of that recent mid-major Omaha history, what stands out to you? What programs are you thinking about this year? And and just in general?
1: Well, in my head, there are, there's like two different categories. There's the programs, of the mid-major programs that are always in the mix and have this sort of, like, historical heft. And then there are, like, the more of the flash-in-the-pan type deals. Like, I understand Coastal Carolina has maintained a level of success since they won the national championship, but it's still fresh. Where, like, Rice and Fullerton, like, those are college baseball programs, right? Those are, you think about Fullerton before you think about, like, half of the power five schools, right?
2: Oh yeah. Way more. Oh, way more than obviously any of the big 10. And and yeah, for, for years. And, and like, like, you know, USC and Arizona state, like those teams have just not been rice hasn't been good for a while, but yeah, like they haven't been anywhere close to as good recently. So I agree. It's kind of two different categories.
1: And I think there's a conversation to be had maybe at a separate time, like about the demise of the big West in relation to a lot of the California state schools where like long beach and Fullerton these used to be powerhouse schools, right? And they've definitely taken a bit of a dive over the last few years. And, you know, again, I would need that rune splained to me, so we got to get Mike Rooney on here. Um, but that's kind of where I stand. So let's take a look back to last year, though, and, and chat about the best records for 2022. Just going to rattle some up. Texas State, iconic team last year. They lost in the regional final. UC Santa Barbara, UConn, who lost in the, in the Super Regional to Stanford. Wofford, Southern Miss, who lost in the Super Original, to Ole Miss, Old Dominion, Central Michigan, who I'll talk about more later, Mercer, Penn, uh, and then Campbell, Jordan. Campbell is another big one who you didn't toss on this list who is definitely important to keep in mind.
2: Yeah, and and you look at you know East Carolina and uh, Southern Miss are the only teams who both come into this year uh, in the preseason, top 25, East Carolina at 11, and Southern Miss at 18, and those were teams that were in, Uh, Super Regionals uh, last year. Other teams that we saw in regional finals include Air Force, uh, Columbia, VCU, and UConn, um, as well as, again, Texas State uh, and Coastal Carolina there last year. So those are the programs that we've kind of seen kind of ascend. I know some of those regional finalists were were a little fluky, you know, kind of a bit of a hot streak there. Um, But East Carolina and Southern Miss, I I think, pretty clearly stand out right now as the teams, you know, East Carolina, the one who's who's come so close to Omaha so many times recently. And we, we hope that they can keep keep pushing and keep getting there. I know they have another good team this year. It does feel like, you know, especially you know, losing Bryson Worrell, like they're certainly going to have some stuff to replace. But I'm sure they'll, they'll have a great team again this season. That's why they're in the, the preseason top 25. Um, Southern Miss, I mean, cue all the jokes about how they're going to win the national championship now, too, um, after Ole Miss and the Mississippi State. But that's another really, really impressive program. That, you know, also just changed conferences, moving over to the Sun Belt uh, from Conference USA, which is also a big part of mid-major baseball now is we talk about how the SEC, Big 12, Big 10, like there's going to be changes coming this past year. We've had a ton. There are a ton of teams in new conferences this year that I won't even review all of those, but you know, it's, there's a lot of changes and that's also shifted which of these conferences we kind of take more seriously as that next group up after the power five. When we're talking about conference USA, we're talking about Sunbelt, talking about the American, um, talking about the West coast conferences, Steve, of all those teams that we saw be really good, you know, this past year or so, who are the ones you're most excited about uh, this season?
0: Uh, I think it comes as no surprise to anyone. ECU and UConn are teams UConn, I'm yep. excited for. Yeah. ECU is just a school I've always been drawn to. I just like their energy. I like the vibes of the team. I like Cliff Godwin. He seems like a hard nosed guy, but he he looks like the type of guy you could you could tell a joke to and he'd break character. You know, <laughs> like he wouldn't be that hard hard nosed guy. He'd be like, "Huh, that's funny." You know, just a genuine. He seems like a genuine jolly guy. And I'm excited for them because I just think they always put together good teams. Uh, you got Jacob Jenkins, Coart coming back and I think he is just absolutely filthy mm-hmm. and I'm excited to watch him be filthy.
2: So that's a good, that's a good pick. ECU is good. And yeah, uh, Jake, who, who are some of the other teams? Uh, Southern Miss. I'm really excited about, I would just mention them and they still have some like super high end draft talent uh, guys like Tanner Hall, Matthew Etzel, who who just transferred in. Um, I know they've they've had some draft picks recently as well. But uh, what about what about you, Jake? Who are the mid-major teams you're excited about this year?
1: If I'm going to watch mid-major baseball, if I'm going to suffer through a mediocre camera angle, no offense, and a worse, (laughs) you know, video stream quality, I need to be entertained. Right. And one of the teams that I know will entertain me is Texas Southern out of the SWAC. Jordan, what do you know about Texas Southern? I believe that you are about to talk about some base
2: running related, uh, content. Uh, but tell me more specifically about Texas Southern. I don't know their, their mascot, but I do know they like to run. Is that correct? They should be called the
1: Texas Southern base dealers because holy shit. If you take a look last year at steals by team, they rank at number one, 220 steals. The team in second, West Virginia had 156. Okay. <laughs> They were in first place by Quick Muffs. Uh, That's 64 steals. All right. Oh, my God. That's outrageous. That's That's outrageous. Like, the gap between them and the team behind them is more than, like, a lot of these teams stole the whole year. Like, Cal Poly last year, who was, like, a pretty good team, stole nine bases all season. They were last in the country. (laughs) Georgia stole 20. LSU last year stole 22 Total bases, LSU, okay? And what was That's the Texas Southern total again? 220 in 53 games. Oh, my God. Outrageous. Just an outrageous number. They also finished up there in runs scored, which I thought is hilarious because, I mean, I duh, would hope so if they're on second <laughs> and third bases as frequently as they are. They finished second in runs scored with 503 runs. Uh, sorry, runs per game they finished second. So that would be 9.5 mm-hmm. runs per game for them. Ahead of Georgia Tech, ahead of Tennessee, ahead of Maryland and Wake Forest, ahead of UNLV, who plays in a crazy offensive environment. This team's going to put runs in the board, and they're going to do it by stealing bases. This must be an electric, electric show. Uh, Just scrolling down the list of kids, like, okay, they had one kid, Jonathan Thomas, who was a junior, stole 62 Mm -hmm. bases last year, which I think led the country. Is he back, or did he get drafted? Because I remember he was was the leader. I think he was probably... Uh, It looks Um, like he got drafted, unfortunately. That's a good catch. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, mean, it wasn't – he helped, but it wasn't just him because you had one kid with 34, a kid with 32, a kid with 27, a kid with 21, a kid with not – Like, this team just ran like crazy, and they're going to be very entertaining all season long. Uh, The other team I'm excited about are the Central Michigan University Chippewas. Hashtag fire up chips. The chips last year were in the regional – and. Lost to Florida in an elimination game on Florida's Snooze Fest field by one run in the top of the ninth. And this team had real energy, real panache. I love the fire up chips mantra, the energy. It's unique, it's different. Cold weather team, grinders. They play a fun style of baseball. Everyone on this team looks like they just, you know, emerged from the woods where like Bonavere wrote his first album. And I know that's Wisconsin, not Michigan. But still, I'm very in on, on the chips.
2: That's, that, is, uh, that is a great call-out.
0: Uh, Steve, any thoughts on those two teams? I, I think they're both great. Texas Southern led the league in triples last year, so they're a fast team. They, they just got speed. I did want to add another team I'm excited for is Ball State. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I don't know what it is, but every year they have one pitcher who's just better than everybody else, but he's in Indiana, so it doesn't really get talked about a ton. I played with a kid named John Baker from Ball State. He was one of the best baseball players I ever played with. Um, I played a whole summer with him. I did not see him give up a run, and I also did not hear him say more than probably 100 words all summer. Uh, He's also very good at hacky sack. I don't know if that's a Ball State thing or if that's related, but maybe it is. Maybe that's their secret. I don't know the secrets of Ball State. That is a great, a great point. Ball State, a program, I'm hoping.
2: I'm, I'm an Indiana resident. I might be heading up to Muncie to check out the Cardinals. They won 40 games last year. Yeah, I mean, they had a guy, Tyler Schweitzer, last year who was amazing. He ended up being a fifth-round pick. And then this year they have a kid named Ryan Brown, um, who's also a, a big draft guy. So keep an, eye on, keep an eye on him as maybe the pitcher in Indiana that <laughs> is one of the best pitchers in the country and nobody cares. So that's a good, good, uh, good shout there.
0: I'm just thinking, I feel like every college baseball team between the in the past 10 years has had at least one ryan brown <laughs> i know i had that thought <laughs> there's too. gonna be that's, a lot of confused american that's uh, american people on draft day when you yes, hear their name yes. get
2: called. <laughs> that is not a name that is exactly going to uh you know stick in <laughs> stick in your brain the way some of the other ones are uh the way some of the names this is a good transition to our uh, main character segment do we have a sponsor is the atlantic ocean sponsoring uh, the mid-major
0: uh pod as well
1: Today's podcast is brought to you by sleeping under the bus seats. While these first class power five conference teams get to fly all around the country on reclined seats, you know goddamn well that some of the mid major programs will be hopping aboard a bus and zooming across the country. And if this statement applies to you and you're feeling tired on a long flight, well then you should try sleeping under the bus seats, laying flat on the ground is just as comfortable as sitting up in a chair, but at least it's different. Ignore the gum stains and the random dust and the water bottles rolling all the way up and down the bus and recline all the way down underneath those bus seats, sleeping under the bus seats. The only way to travel in the MIAC since 1905.
2: Steve, how many times have you slept under the bus seats?
0: Probably, Probably more than I can count. Um, what about the feet, feet? what about mm-hmm. smelly feet yep uh, you you get past it. <laughs> okay I'm just, that was the level of scent is only so much different by elevating three and a half feet <laughs> the key is to either get right above a tire because it kind of rocks you to sleep and it's warm or, and it's warm yeah yes exactly because the engine well gets so <laughs> fucking hot at the back of the bus <laughs> yeah. that's why that's why you guys know when you're taking a shit on a public transportation bus, let's say it's a Greyhound. When you're shitting on the Greyhound and you sit down and you feel all the warmth come up, that's because it's not, it's not the methane gas that's firing out or that everybody else has already fired out because it's a Greyhound bus. That's it's the engine well heating yeah. up. And everyone thinks, oh, it's courteous, you know, cover the seat. That's just a Dutch oven. Now, if you're a Um,
1: senior who's a key (laughs) contributor on a team, you might be lucky enough to get the aisle on a bus to sleep right down in the middle, but that's the aisle is for Kings and all Americans. All right. And uh, it is important to be prepared. My freshman friends to sleep underneath the bus seats. Also, Steve, this probably doesn't apply to you considering that you're an enormous person, but, uh, sleeping above, the seats up on where the bags go. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Is something that I have done and I've seen many times. Uh, I once, uh, here's a story about me. I once got naked uh, and climbed into th- that area on the bus to surprise a teammate. <laughs> when they opened it up to put their bag away. <laughs> I was just
0: nude <laughs> prone lying across the, the bag shelf. But. That- That's one thing not talked about enough in college baseball is there's so much nudity. So much nudity. It's just just so
1: funny. I had a player who will remain uh, nameless who had a tradition called Nudie Tuesdays, (laughs) um, which was not exclusive to Tuesday, where he would get (laughs) naked on the bus on the way to games and walk up and down the aisle and try and get the coach's attention to turn around. (laughs) <laughs> and, and the coach knew what was going on and would not turn around and he would scream Nerdy Tuesdays
0: <laughs> that's just See, great that's determination and focus from your coaches it gets the coaches involved too which makes it even more fun because like coaches that puts love the coaches that stuff. in the situation but it puts them in the situation where it's like I could laugh and then everyone's like wow coach is really cool or I could be tough and everyone's like oh we respect that dude And it's a fine line because everyone in the college baseball world knows he wants to turn around and laugh. Right. Like that's just in the DNA.
1: And as a coach, when you sign up and you start coaching as a profession, you're not really prepared for that type Mm -hmm. of scenario, but over time you kind of learn to make it work. All right. No more nudity chat. Although I'm probably going to get naked later in the shower when I shower. Thanks Uh, for sharing. No worries. I figured today this was a safe space. Uh, let's move on to some of our main characters. <laughs> Where do you want to begin a whole list of guys who probably get nude in the shower? <laughs> wow. Such uh-huh.
2: bravery. Uh, <laughs> Steve, um, uh, why don't you uh, pick someone? Like I, I have a ton I want to talk about. I'm not going to talk about all of them, but all the guys I picked have fascinating backstories. So, uh, but Steve, uh, I'll let you uh, start us off with anyone that I've put down here. Maybe you've heard of them. Maybe you haven't. And then Jake, same thing. And then I'll, then I'll rattle off my favorites
0: from the list or can i go rogue
2: go wherever you which, want which, i don't care if you just they can't okay. play to power five that's the point of this podcast
0: okay jacob jenkins co-art um he's fun to watch he's just an electric guy out there he just runs around in the outfield he's got a funny little mustache but he's a playmaker every time he comes up to the plate he's getting on base he's doing something and it's really exciting to watch him play and so i'm excited to watch him do that
2: that's a good one also uh if you listen to our other podcast you you heard a recent conversation about hyphenated baseball players and jacob jenkins co-art big opportunity here to rise up the uh, all-time hyphenated uh, last name baseball players ever so let's see he's great i agree parks
0: and he's a parks and recreation management major too which i know we like to discuss majors but there were too many for the mid majors because you know that was a lot so i wanted to get that in there that's parks good, good.
2: i'm glad management. i'm glad good good. good good parks and rec shout out i, <laughs> I appreciate that um, that's the problem would, with the mid majors is that there are so many mid majors <laughs> that we're not talking about them. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll get to our superlatives later. We're going to, we're going to do just the the, uh, the narrow that
1: down, but Jake, uh, give us, give us some, some names here. Uh, yeah. So I know I mentioned fire up chips earlier, uh, today, but I would like to give a shout out to a particular player on that team, a guy by the name of Justin Simpson, Jordan, Justin Simpson is a five foot seven graduate student second baseman from California mm. who led okay. the country in sacrifice bunts a year ago. <laughs> so if you are the type of person who gets absolutely amped watching someone waste it out and push a runner to the next base, then boy oh boy, this Central Michigan Chippewas are for you, and Justin Simpson is a player for you. Can you imagine? They must
2: have gone. Nuts for his one home run last year. I would love to see the video of Justin Simpson's one home run last year. Um, that just had to be just one of the most electric moments of the season. Great pick. Great pick. I, I, I didn't know about him, so that's a that, nicely done.
1: I got a heads up on that kid from uh, the one and only Mike Rooney, who also turned me on uh, to this next player, Rhett Rosevere, uh at Southeastern Louisiana, who led the country and hit by pitches. I, had, that's th- where I thought you were going with, with, with uh, Justin Simpson. Now, Rhett Rosevear led the country to hit by pitches. He had uh, 37 of those bad boys in 61 games. Bro, that, I think,
2: might lead all college levels. 37 in 61 games is just outrageous. <laughs> Steve, did you ever play with someone that, who was the, the biggest uh, uh, plate crowder you played with? Uh,
0: I'm trying to think. Because usually is, each team has a at least a one. I, for me, it was G- for, for
1: me it was Jay Crowder. <laughs> Jay
2: Crowder, yeah. Maybe I know he just got traded, but maybe he should just become a baseball player and just get plunked all the time.
0: I played with this kid Owen soccer in high school. Wait, what? Who, who was his last name? Soccer, S O C H E R. Oh, I thought so, it was okay. like okay, okay. Yeah. Thank no, you. no, not soccer. <sighs> not but soccer. It's soccer. Sport. Thank yeah. you. Go ahead. Yeah. His brother Owen baseball was better. No, I'm kidding. Um, but he uh, he would get hit like once a week. He he was shorter, but he was he was broad. He had broad shoulders. He would just turn turn into a billboard. And he, he was getting he was right-handed batter. He got hit with the pitch in the left hand batter's box. I swear to God, he could do it. But he he was he'd just get plunked all the time. He played at William and Mary. Guess what? He got hit by a lot of baseballs there too. That's a good one. What was his name? Owen soccer. Yeah, he, played, he should have a lot of hit-by-pitches. If um, I, yeah,
2: Yes, you're right. In fact, it looks okay. like it took him a while to kind of ease into it. Five freshman year, five uh, sophomore year, six, five junior year, and then senior year 2019, 18. Oh he, he was like, I need to get back to my roots, and I need to start getting
0: plunked. Yeah, wearing pitches at the college level, it's, it's difficult to adjust because it's faster you Mm. know so
2: it's true but he did it by his last year he he proved that the data was uh, you that was very well done steve you named someone and you you, the data backed it up thank you i was prepared to pull it up it's like uh steve he was hit two times in four college seasons (laughs) (laughs) i was prepared for you to do that too all right let me start uh let me let me rattle off some of uh some of my favorites Um, I mean, there are some big draft names. I mean, Jacob Wilson's going to be a top 10 pick. Grand Canyon, obviously, you know, son of Jack Wilson. Lowest strikeout rate in the country last year. One of the best shortstops. He's amazing. Whatever. Michael Carrico, the catcher at Davidson, played for Team USA this year. He led Division I baseball in OPS last year. Speaking of hit by pitches, I believe he was hit by 26 of them, which certainly helped the OBP. But you don't get to a 1,400 OPS just by getting hit. So obviously he was doing uh, a little bit more than that. Uh, another statistical leader, William Privett at the College of Charleston. He was the ERA leader last year. Very excited to see what he can do um, in his draft year. Uh, we mentioned on the last pod about someone transferring from Yale to uh, Georgia. How about Jay Driver, a right-handed pitcher at Harvard who just pitched very well in the Cape, and I imagine he has the opportunity to be one of the higher drafted Ivy League players um, in the certainly this year, if not in, in recent history. Uh, I'm very interested in Danye Evans. Do you guys uh, know about Danye Evans? Tell no, me about Danye. Do you Evans. I recognize that name? So uh, we talked uh, on the SEC preview about Christian Little, someone who left Vanderbilt because he thought, you know, I'm going to get more innings elsewhere. Uh, Danya Evans, same thing. He was at kind of the bottom of the Vandy pitching staff. He did pitch a good bit last year without great results, transferred to Charlotte and figured something out because he also pitched in the Cape. And even though he was again, Vandy's like 12th pitcher last year, Might be just one of the best pitchers on Charlotte immediately. And I'm super excited to see how good he does um, now that he's just kind of going to be the man (laughs) at Charlotte after being the 12th pitcher on Vandy. So very excited about Donye Evans. Um, And then uh, I'll just do two more here. One of them is Kevin Sim. Uh, Kevin Sim at University of San Diego. This is a guy with some of the best raw power that you'll see at any any mid-major. Uh, I love this guy. San Diego, another team that did well in the postseason last year, I believe they beat Vandy in that regional out in Corvallis um, and then challenged Oregon State. Kevin Sim is the son of uh, a gentleman named uh, Chong Su Shim, who is sixth all time in KBO home runs, wow. including third in the single season home runs. I believe he hit 53 in 2002. Um, so his dad is just a straight KBO legend, moved to the States when he was seven, and now he's probably the best hitter on University of San Diego, so Kevin Sim, another guy, will probably be a top five round draft pick, and then the last one I want to mention is Jake Tyser, this is one I mentioned to you guys uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, we had last year, one of, one of the main characters of our podcast last year was Matt Kootenai, at old dominion Mm. what did what did we call him steve what was what was the nickname we i believe jake uh, bestowed upon him one of the best nicknames of the season for sure it it only feels right coming out of jay's mouth (laughs) better than i do uh Go ahead, Jake.
1: It was it was what like Koutine, Poutine. Koutine, poutine. <laughs> oh my God, you guys! I can't believe
2: I you forgot, forgot about I this. I
0: forgot it too. Cool. You got, that's that. so
2: disappointing. I'm so disappointed, you guys. The hurt now, text- Oh, the, the hurt
1: now, Al- Burton. Yeah. Yeah. Oh
2: my God, Dude, that's disrespectful. He had I think I he was thinking. top five in in the I think in the country in homers at yeah. Old yeah. Union. Yeah, yeah. And I this guy, drafted. big big Matt Koutny, who I would never heard of before, he had hit his tenth home run. He came from Colby Community College, which I believe is in Kansas. And he's moved on. He was like 24 years old. He's not Old Dominion anymore. But they went right back to the well, back to Colby College, and brought in a six foot seven left handed slugger with a similar mustache named Jake Tyser. Now, he is not Canadian, but this dude is huge. I have not seen anybody really mention him as like a potential, uh, you know, huge contributor to, again, one of the best mid major teams in the country. I am putting it all in on Jake Tyser. I think this dude's going to hit a ton of homers. He hit a ridiculous number of homers in his junior college career. And I think he is just Matt Cootney 2.0, except he's from Arizona and not Canada. So I don't know what the nickname's going to be.
1: This guy's is
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jake Tyser, please make me look Ready? smart because the magic play, cactus. I'm gonna be
1: okay. Jake what Tyser, I like it. the Arizona guy, the magic cactus, the magic cactus. Again, Hurt and Burton
2: is a high bar, but we'll see how much that works. Um, Steve, uh, it is now time for our superlatives. Now, in the past, uh, last previews, we did a bunch of categories. We are going to narrow this down to one because Jake has prepared us the best slogans. We have lamented, as we've talked about the best slogans from recent pods, that all the good teams, SEC, they don't need a cool, funny slogan because we already know who they are. They don't need the slogan to kind of amplify their brand or make us pay more attention to them. That is not the case in the mid-major. Any opportunity to get more attention on social media is a great one. And it appears that some of these programs have done exactly that. So Jake, I believe you've come with us to some of the best slogans, some of the best hashtags to represent some of the best major programs across this great nation. And where would you like to begin?
1: I have 19 of these things and I'm just going to oh. roll through oh, them, yes. okay? All right.
2: Uh, Steve, we're going to just give him a letter grade immediately as soon as he says it. Go. Let's Texas State. Oh, yeah. Texas State.
1: Hashtag eat them up. B minus. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, 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 do you know what a letter grade is? You know what letters are?
0: <laughs> B. The B's and eights look identical, all right? Oh,
2: good point. You're going eight minus, I'm going B minus. Eat
0: them up, okay? No, I, have, I immediately went one to ten. <laughs> incredible i did say letter grade i just hope the record shows that. yeah it does you did uh, you did sam I'm
1: houston just... state sam houston state bearcats right the bearcats hashtag eat them up cats <laughs> B A plus b oh i'm only i'm not upgrading it that much b my favorite thing they is that is sunny it texas state is also the bobcats bobcats yep and so they're up both cats the yeah. cats, but only one is <laughs> yeah. the eat them up cats. Different together. conferences,
2: though, I'm pretty sure. But that's amazing. Uh, this is a classic CMU fire
1: up chips. A. A
2: yeah. plus. A or A plus. I mean, I, I love that one. A plus.
1: Uh, Campbell, hashtag roll humps. A plus. A plus. Kennesaw State, hashtag be different. <laughs> hashtag B. B hashtag, I'll
2: say hashtag B. B plus because it's kind of it's a message that really extends beyond the baseball field, which I appreciate. I
1: hate this one because if you're using a hashtag, you have passed the, the threshold of being different. Southern right. Miss. Hashtag everything matters. Ooh, everything matters. Um, I'll give that a B. All right. It's pretty, it's pretty dramatic.
0: C plus B-ish.
1: Uh, <laughs> Long Beach State. Hashtag. Oh, yeah. Hashtag scobags.
0: Love Sko it. Okay, bags.
1: A-plus. Yeah,
2: I so I've seen this in some other places. How how do we feel about this? This like kind of remelding of of Let's Go because it does. I do kind of appreciate trying to make it different, but it's also very. Oh, would you say it's just Sko bags? Sko bags. Sko bags. I love I, it. It's it's a C. It's a C for me because it's pretty. It's pretty. Like, heart, like that looks like nonsense, um, in general. So, <laughs> it looks like nonsense. So, you have to I sound it better. out, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, Steve, I, I love it. I, I don't know where SCO came from, but I'm all for it. It feels like a hockey guy thing, yeah. yeah. Mm, I agree, it feels I agree. hockey, which is
2: and Long Beach State is. Just not scream hockey but i agree with you yeah
0: but maybe there's social media guys like a guy from connecticut mm. wanting to get out true loved hockey growing up now he's at a long beach state probably not but could you imagine how crazy it would be if it, if that were if you got that right insane.
2: that would be insane you're right you're right
1: all right
0: yeah, what's next it's a full court shot
1: uh let's do saint peters the peacocks hashtag strut oh. up i mean that's an a plus and that one wait it's strut up hashtag strut up Oh, what? So they changed. It used to be strut your stuff. It's hashtag strut up. That's what I got. All
2: from. right. So then never mind. That's an A minus. I mean, it's still good because you're not going to see strut in any other name, but A minus.
1: UC Irvine. The anteaters. Hashtag eaters gotta eat. Ooh, <laughs> oh, my goodness.
2: That's A plus. I was about to say, that, are they also going to be eat them up? <laughs> that's a Michelin
0: star. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, You just gotta eat. That is the best one so far. You just gotta eat. Austin P is (laughs) hashtag Let's go pee. (laughs)
2: Uh, Obviously, obviously an A plus, but exact same level. It's it is an interesting one because peeing is not really a group activity
0: necessarily. Whoa, disagree. Not the way me and Steve do it. It's a social event. What I I
1: like about this slogan is that it's something you would say to uh, the passenger in your car as you're driving by the Joe Biden rest stop on 95. Hashtag That's let's true. go pee. That, that, that part is true. That part is true. I
2: think, but to me, I feel like when when you're saying like, you'll say like, oh, I'm going to go piss. And it'll be like,
1: oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go do that too. It's never let's go pee. <laughs> it doesn't answer the question of yeah, like, do they know this sounds like piss? Of course they do. Come on. Are you kidding me? Like if you're awesome B, like you might as well
2: lean into that. Um, let's go pee. I love it. I love
0: it. But because, I mean, anytime you're talking about piss with a friend, it's, hey, you got to take a piss. It's always a question. It's never Mm a, you know what? I got to pee. I'm going to assume you do, too. (laughs) I think think it's kind of rude to assume your bladder is just the universal bladder. Unless it had been. I could go for a piss. (laughs) Unless it had been discussed
1: beforehand. Like if you and I had been talking about how we both have to pee and then something else comes up and then we see the bathroom. Oh, yo, let's go pee. Let's go Pete. That's true. That's true. That's okay. Oh, so I there are scenarios point. where it's a
2: little more accurate. I. I that's fair. It it, either way, it's A plus. So
1: yeah. Uh, Wichita State is hashtag new history.
2: Oh, Weird. F- Why? I thought there it felt like there was so much. By the way, I. I have Steve. You got to be pretty disappointed in that. I am, for obvious you're reasons. You're just
0: gonna Nick's shock. You're just going to get rid of it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like also shockers. That is a thing that is hilarious to high schoolers and college baseball players worldwide. And you <laughs> just aren't going to
2: use it. I, this is a huge missed opportunity. I don't understand whether his name is Steven
1: shock or not. I don't understand why we're not doing that. So that's a D Houston Christian university being helmed by one. Mr. Lance Berkman. Their hashtag is hashtag Berkman era. I mean, sure. I think that's a,
2: that's a C plus. I mean, yeah, respect. Like you have a, an awesome major leaguer helming your program, but like he hasn't. They need to really start winning before I care that it's the Bergman era.
1: I think. Air Force. Yeah, it's Air Force. hashtag America's Team. Wow, the Cowboys put on alert. So how does
2: how does you know Navy Army you know Coast Guard teams feel about that? Um, I what do we? I do they get to pick that?
0: They should have to play for that hashtag. I agree, but I I kind of like I kind of respect the just it's us. (laughs) What are
2: you gonna tell us to change our hashtag?
1: Not happening. A real shot across the bow from Air Force. Uh, Ball State. (laughs) Hashtag chirp, chirp.
0: <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> chirp, Apple. chirp. So
2: I guess that's sort of a reference to them being the Cardinals. Cardinals chirp, but you baseball players chirp. chirp
0: that's chirp. pretty good. That's,
2: yeah, that's like a B plus, I guess. This is a little weird, but I, I, it. I like
1: it. You like it? The C? Univer- you like it? C- just- fun. You like it? Okay. The University of Albany. Hashtag. Ooh, this is a good one. UA, you know. How is that spelled? U the letter. A the letter. U the letter. K N O W. U A, you know. F.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: horrendous. Also. It's a dyslexic nightmare. <laughs>
2: that, that. Um, when you have a great mascot, right? They're the great Danes. Like, what are we why are we passing up the opportunity for just better. People love dogs. Like I don't know. That that's a that's an F easily.
1: Mercer. Hashtag good to great.
2: Hmm. So this one is a little misleading because I assume that the message is we will take you from good to great, but it also comes across as, you know, we're usually somewhere between good and great, and it depends on the year. <laughs> so for that uh b minus
0: yeah i think that that's just not aiming high enough i think better to best (laughs) thank you now we're talking that's a leap (laughs) i would be thrilled to take good to great i want to be better than great you know because it's not good enough to to be great just hashtag perfect do that then i'm showing up shit to perfect i'm in the pursuit (laughs) yeah
1: shit to perfect perfect. uh seton hall hashtag never
0: lose your hustle hmm uh
2: steve you go first here a
0: a plus only because it's as close as we'll get to hashtag don't lose your dinosaur um which uh, what is that a reference to Stepbrother. You guys have seen Step Brothers, right? When when the dad's given the emotional speech, "Never lose your dinosaurs." Somehow we have seen Step Brothers. That is not a Step Brothers reference that
2: I remember at all. Um, so it,
0: it's the dad's talking. It, it's very important to me that you know this. So I will take the time, real quick. The dad is talking at the Catalina Wine Mixer. He is talking to Will Ferrell and his brother, and he's talking about how he was wrong. He made a mistake. He wasn't talking to Will Ferrell's brother, just Will Ferrell. But he's talking about how he was wrong. He made a mistake, and he was growing up, and he pretended to be a dinosaur in the neighborhood. And he would go around roaring and shit, pretend to be a dinosaur. And everyone said, stop trying to be a dinosaur. You're 18. And he said, and I stopped. And he told Will Ferrell to never lose his dinosaur. I see. So Everyone loves is, a I'm... podcast where
1: one guy explains a stepbrother's joke to two other guys. That's a great so so but i I am
0: glad understand
2: that steve i am glad that you you uh shared that because it kind of actually backs up why you probably like this because when i hear this i think of i'm thinking of hustle as like a an item that i can lose and i'm that that sounds (laughs) versus like losing a part of my personality or like something like a you know a trait within me it's literally like oh shit like where'd my hustle go i don't don't you fucking dare lose that, okay? You make sure you... Jake, you do not... You lose a lot of stuff. Make sure you are not losing your hustle. So for that, I imagine you appreciate it. Yeah, I have a yeah, tracker on my hustle.
1: Thing. I have a tracker on okay, my hustle to, to make sure That's I good. never lose it. All right, two left. Penn. Hashtag Quake show. Love it. A plus. A plus. Easy. Quakers. And last but not least, Liberty. Hashtag, wow. we got dudes. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Is that a new one?
2: A plus plus, respect to Liberty. <laughs> we it. got dude. That is so good. Dudes, we got dudes. That is so good. It's amazing because
1: um, you would never expect any school, like of all schools, Liberty, to share a slogan with like a gay nightclub. Is just <laughs> outstanding stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's true,
2: and I can't beat that joke, so I'm honestly not going to. Never mind. Uh, great note to end on. Sure, uh, Liberty Baseball appreciates that reference, but you're right. You I'm sure they don't. Dudes. I'm actually sure they don't.
1: <laughs> Um
2: But we appreciate it, and that is what matters. One star reviews incoming <laughs> from some very angry Liberty parents. Um, thank you all for listening to this mid-major preview. Steven, I feel like we, we did our best to do the 25 other baseball conferences in Division One Justice. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. This has been a hell of a journey to to cram all these uh, season previews in before opening day, but we hope you liked it. Opening weekend is here. Gentlemen, the next time we talk, baseball games will have been played at the Division I level, and we will be talking about them. I look forward to that.
1: I am attending a college baseball game this Friday evening at the University. As of am South- I.
2: Steve, are you?
0: I am not. Oh, uh, but my I will be watching God. just about a thousand. <laughs> okay. I will I have been working on my lazy eye. I've been training it to get active when it wanders. Um so I should be able in theory here, I can do it right now. You just turn good. it off. Another good place. thing for the podcast. You see, nice, good. You yep. see, it just goes. Yeah, you guys see it. This is more just conversation. But I've been training my eyes to go separate ways so I can double my coverage. Um <laughs> Unfortunately, my ears, I cannot differentiate. I have no idea what's happening. I've been training with Top Chef and Master Chef on at the same time. I have no idea if anyone's burning their souffle or what's going on, but I'm getting there.
1: Steve, you have Uh, to train your third eye and you have to train your wandering eye, and then you'll be even better.
2: (laughs) uh, But yes, Jake, as you mentioned, you will be going to, what is it, South Florida against uh, Miami? Against Maryland. Against, sorry, against Maryland. I apologize. Uh, so you'll be seeing the Terps down in Florida. I'm heading down to Arizona where I will be attending some of the MLB Desert Invitational, which includes Tennessee Volunteers, Arizona Wildcats. Uh, we got the Grand Canyons out there too. So, um, yeah, if you're going to those games, say hello to either me and Jake. If you uh, would like to say hi to Steve, see if you can give out your home address right now if you'd like. Um, or just tweet it out. We can tweet it out later. That's fine. Um, it's but- the one
1: house in Millsboro, Delaware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's
0: there you just go. the one. Yeah, if, if anyone, of you guys like, happen to stumble by me right now, say hi too. <laughs> okay, there you go. You're cleared to say hi if you end up in Steve's living
2: room. Um, but thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed these previews, and we'll be back every Monday during the season with more Shock Factor podcasts. But until then, uh, enjoy Opening Weekend, and we will talk to you all very soon.